0: To make things like this easier.
1: I'm reading.
0: And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together. Did yeah, I do good, Daddy? <laughs> yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together Podcast. And today we are going to unpack the transformer that is the library. And we're going to talk about everything that the library has to offer to us. Yes. But before we begin, let's get you guys onto Facebook. Follow us on our Facebook group, Homeschool Together Podcast, on the Instagram, Homeschool Together Podcast. And also, head out there, iTunes, you, five stars, review do it.
1: (laughs) And if you are listening to this kind of piecemeal, please hit that subscribe button because iTunes iTunes rankings are also based on how many subscribers we have. So if you're going to listen to every episode anyway, hit the little subscribe button. We would really appreciate it and definitely connect with us. We have loved hearing from all of you. I think we, we have to have some shout outs because we have added a bunch of places. Do it. So I think we have to We have to say, you know, hello to Japan. Hi, Helen. And anybody else who's actually a native Japanese speaker. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. So we've added Japan. Uh, We've also added Spain. Hola. Hola. So that's wonderful. Anyway, we'd just like to really thank all the new international listeners. We are going to be a little bit US-centric today, but... Hopefully, uh, except for you, Tanya, I'm sorry. You have uh, libraries that you can uh, leverage, and hopefully, they have some of the same great resources that we have at at some of our libraries here in the states. This is big disclaimer on this podcast. This is a, what we would call a your mileage may vary. This is a very much your mileage because every single library from, system is different.
0: Yeah, even from cities to suburbs to rural areas, every can, county has got a different area.
1: type of library system and it's going to have different offerings. Uh, and yours may have things that even that we don't talk about on here, but we really wanted to get into it because, you know, you think of the library as being about books and uh, what we would I would call book adjacent. So you've mm-hmm. got your your books, your audio books, your ebooks, CDs, and maybe they've got some documentaries. It's a place and,
0: where you can use the internet for a few minutes. Yeah, right. They but got no, computers. You know what it is? It's a twenty dollars a month subscription that you're paying for, yeah. anyways. I mean, and it's got. Every single service on the planet packed into one building.
1: Yeah, I think it's when you really look at what's in the library, it is quite uh, amazing and surprising just how much they offer. And as Matt says you're already paying for, I think we pay like $250 a year for the library in our, in our property taxes. So if you're not using your library now, or, you know, you use it a little bit, especially for those uh, accidental homeschoolers who aren't used to uh, leveraging the library. I know a lot of homeschool families, we like live at the library. Mm -hmm. So we feel like we know our library systems very well. And, you know, in researching for tonight's podcast, I, I thought i knew our library system pretty well, well. i yeah, found things that surprised of, us yeah we
0: knew most of this stuff but there were some really oddball things that we never even knew was in the library like board games and stuff like that i, I never no, know i totally knew about the board oh, games God, i didn't know about the board i games.
1: didn't know that the you know some libraries check out puppets puppets so you could have puppet shows Well, you know
0: naturally you would want to do puppet shows, right
1: some libraries check out tools. I, I just, there were some things I had no idea. So anyway, we want to break this down for you. Some libraries are open right now for in-person. Some are like ours outside of Seattle is for contactless pickup and and digital stuff. Some are only digital. So this is going to be uh, definitely your area dependent and your systems availability also, dependent right now.
0: You know, this is kind of a podcast meant to be post-pandemic. Like this is what what it was Six months ago, and hopefully, what it will be six to eight months from now, right?
1: Right, and a lot of these things are available now. There's a, yeah. there's some things that aren't, but the majority of them are available now, and as you say, will be available again in the future. So,
0: so let, let's, let's get let's into get it. into it. Right, the library is many facets, has many faces it wears. But the first thing is it's a physical location. It's a place where you can go. You know, it lives on a postage stamp. Property, wherever it is, and it's got parking, and it's a place where you can go. And what is inside that building? Well, obviously books, but it's not just books. There's CDs, DVDs, audiobooks, video games. It's like it's Netflix, and then like GameStop, and it's like, um, you know, music, YouTube music, all packed into one place.
1: Yeah. If there's a CD, you can think of. If there's a movie, DVDs and Blu-rays. Uh, we, for a long time, our family exclusively watched DVDs from the library just for our own entertainment. And it's Uh, so funny because, you know,
0: when we first moved in together, you know, so many years ago, so many, so many lovely romantic years ago. We weren't really that big in the, the library, right? We were just like, eh, library. Yeah, and thing. then we
1: found out that you could reserve DVDs, and that really just changed our world. That got
0: us into it, right? And then we realized, my God, I can get books. I can get all these other cool things. That right, we can audiobooks.
1: Well. There's eBooks. So there's a lot of things. And one of the things about the physical resources of the library that I don't know if everybody knows, maybe it's common knowledge now, but we didn't. Certainly when we started out was that you can reserve something on hold and anywhere in your library system, and they will move it to your local library. Library for you to pick up there, which I know a lot of us homeschoolers use holds uh, as a strategic science. But if you're an accidental homeschooler, you might not realize that your library will bring things to whichever pickup location you want. Uh, so we got some libraries in our library system that are an hour from us, but I can request something from there, and there's trucks that drive every day and, and will deliver units to us.
0: It's, it's almost within that week you'll get it. so Yeah, if,
1: they, it's, if it's available, it'll yeah. transit in one day and I'll have it the next I could reserve it today and I would have it tomorrow It's amazing from yeah from a library that's an hour away so it's just something I don't know if everybody quite realizes about uh, about holds but that's one of the great well, and things and then
0: also what's cool about the our library system is that you, you can schedule holds as well like you can like you know a lot of times we, you know we've talked in the past about Torchlight and some of these other curriculums that use a lot of books being able to strategically put holds out into the future kind of like oh in a month I may need this book and mm-hmm. We put a hold on it for that, right? And right.
1: you can even put lists in. Oh, yeah. So depending on your library's online system, and we we have a a decent online library system mm-hmm. here, you can put uh, wish lists of books, books you want to read. You could have it kind of as your own personal reading list. Also, our library will tell us after we've checked out a book uh, for that year, I can see all the books we've checked out. So if I wanted to, you know, quickly print out a reading list of all the books my kids have read. I could do that from my library website, which point. is really great for recording purposes.
0: Yeah. Um, also, you now stepping down from you know the obvious things that they have in the library. Um, board games and puzzles you know
1: that's been a big increase and i actually wrote to our i don't know if i told you this i wrote to our local library and asked them if we could have board games be added into our library system because i I saw so many families on the game schooling facebook groups who are checking out board games from the library and like really nerdy great board games that i was very interested in trying out and uh, i emailed them are
0: are you telling me we can check out twilight imperium from the library i mean a hundred dollar board game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I saw a anything like that. On, um, yeah,
1: yeah, they have they have a lot of super nerdy board games, which I thought was awesome. So I actually emailed our library, our uh, head librarian, and said, "Is this something we're thinking about? And if so, uh, I would love to volunteer to help curate that collection because we're." very knowledgeable about board games and she was very nice and said that it wasn't something they had the budget for right now but she would keep me in mind i don't know if i told you that but anyways a bunch of library systems are now this is
0: your your your, your road to the presidency right <laughs> so you started as local library board game creator <laughs> And you'll go straight to the Senate. <laughs> I, I don't that, know that, that my motives pat?
1: are purely altruistic because if the library system gets board games, I don't want it to be Monopoly. So, because <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to use this too. But so there's a lot of library systems that are checking out. Board games and puzzles, um, which is really terrific. So check if your library does that. Uh, they also check out educational toys and uh, puppets was one of the things I didn't know, for, uh, which is I mean really great for all kinds of imaginative play. And so then, that was one thing and I then didn't also, realize.
0: Very importantly, you know, a lot of times we're printing off sheets, we're printing off education sheets, unit studies, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Most libraries now have printer access and they give you i think it's within the 30 day cycle you get a certain number of prints
1: we get 70 black and white pages per day per day in our library system and i think it's maybe like 10 color copies yeah. but that's per day and we have a remote printing option so your library right. so right now i believe in our library system i can do a remote print and go pick up my prints at, at uh, contactless uh, outdoor pickup so, if you have, you know, you need to print your curriculum, call your library yeah, and find out what the rules are for yeah,
0: that. If you're sitting there debating whether or not to buy a $250 printer, as yes, I look over at our $250 <laughs> tank. I love our Epson tank. I know you do. Tank, but, but, like, you know, if you don't, you know, most of us don't have printers anymore. And oh my gosh, I gotta print off this. You know, maybe I can print off these manipulatives or like a spelling. People have been talking about printing off curriculum, right? So
1: they're sending them off to these printers, and they're like, "Oh, it's four or five weeks to get my blossom and root printed or whatever."
0: Uh,
1: I can actually log onto my computer at home, and and remote print to my library. That is pretty awesome. So powerful, yeah. It's really powerful, and I just don't think that everyone realizes. They think, "Oh, yeah, I could print at the library," but it's very sophisticated now, and. It's a lot of pages. I could print coloring sheets, anything you want to print. So that's a terrific resource. I don't think enough people take advantage of the printing options at the
0: library. So what happens if I say, you know, maybe my library, would my library be able to help me build the shutout back?
1: I mean, some libraries check out tools.
0: Power tools? Yes. We're talking about the. You have to be over 18. The 180 volt, you know, Husamowitz, I can get it from them.
1: Yeah, some libraries actually check out power tools and non-power tools if you're over 18, which is pretty neat and could be great for some sort of homeschool project that you have going on. Uh, build yourself a mud kitchen like like uh, Hope talked about mm-hmm. in our interview not too long, long ago.
0: So you're telling me that my honeydew list, when I go and pick up the books at the library, if there's like wrenches there and everything, it's just a subtle way for you telling me to do something?
1: I mean... I'm not saying, but I'm saying. So really interesting. In addition, other types of equipment, but electronic equipment, you can check out laptops, tablets, and e-readers from many libraries. That's amazing. So hey, yeah, oh, there's all these on these uh, e e-books that you can get, and that's terrific. But I don't have an e-reader, my kid doesn't. You can check one out from your library. Need a laptop for some sort of presentation or something? Check it out from the library.
0: Well, even if you you know you're looking at to get an e-reader or something, you want to check it out and try it out for. Serious. Yeah. That'd be great yeah.
1: For or check out a tablet. You know, oh, I don't want to drop a hundred dollars on this tablet until I know if it's something that my kids going to like or are they going to be like us? We have a tablet that's locked away in the closet. Actually, our daughter found that earlier tonight and wants oh. to know when she can have it back. But we hid it never, because never. Grandma got it for her when she was like i don't know just newly three
0: grandma's not listening we're never going to give it back to her
1: yeah never we're never going to give that tablet back because it just like sucked her in like a little zombie child but you know some she's just now like we've we've gotten her into using some stuff on the ipad Mm -hmm. and that's worked out really well because it's our ipad she's Mm -hmm. she's been playing around with her reading app she she always has to check
0: it out from the library of the parents
1: right right but it's not hers and i think the fact that that other tablet was hers creative possessiveness thing but anyways if you want to check that out if you think that your kid is uh ready for a tablet and you'd like to do that and you could check it out from the library and try it out before you spend those
0: bucks so you know, what what about makerspaces i uh you can check out 3d printers well no so you can go there and, and print stuff at,
1: yeah like yeah that. when the physical libraries and depending on your library system if it's open or not a lot of libraries are now including makerspaces with 3d printers there was even a, a now famous rapper i'm sorry i don't know the name because we're not we're not really big fans of rap, but he actually made his whole first album in a recording studio at a library. What outside of Chicago, right? So they have uh, they'll have uh, recording and sound mixing equipment, three D printers. Some of them will have uh, industrial equipment like C N C mills and different things. I mean, there's some amazing maker spaces that are attached to public libraries. It's amazing. Yeah, uh you can go in there and use some computers with certain coding software. So that's the other thing. Some CAD computers software, at, I
0: think CAD software as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some computers at the library are going to have very expensive things like CAD software that uh you know, computer aided drafting which is can be very very pricey to get a, a license especially of the 3D software. So, yeah. Lots of opportunities at your at your physical library location that you just might not realize.
0: Yeah, and so check out the various locations. You may be in like a smaller town, but the you know the larger town next door may actually have these things. So you may need to do a little bit of research and find which locations have these because you know your county may have a dozen libraries and okay, well, the makerspace is in the big town you know, that may require you to drive 30 or 40 minutes to go do that. but that's okay. Like if we had to go into Everett to go do something, that'd be kind of cool.
1: Right. I mean, like we said, a library is up to an hour away. I think the Arlington library is the furthest one in our, Mm -hmm. in our snow isle library system. It's an hour for us, but we can walk in and check out any book we want because it's the same library system.
0: Okay. So the physical we know about everybody's kind of familiar with that. Let's get into the digital. This is where, you know, a lot of us are right now with the pandemic A lot of us don't realize that the library is trying to branch out into this kind of endless digital world that can grow as large as it wants. You know, what type of digital things are they now providing to people who are, you know, locals in that library system?
1: So, on the books and book adjacent things, we've got ebooks and then digital audiobooks. So, while the library has CDs of audiobooks, they also have digital audiobooks on a system usually called overdrive, but where you would just get that right to your phone and you could listen directly from your phone
0: that alone, like I know there's a lot of people out there who you know may be trying to kill some time they're you know they want to get away or you know they may commute a long distance, you know. I know from the from the writing world that audiobooks are really expensive. Like, I mean, you could drop $10, 15 $20 on an audiobook.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't think you'll find one for 10 I mean, they're, they're expensive. Audiobooks are always expensive to always buy. Always expensive.
0: And, to, you know, to be able to pull up your OverDrive app, check out, you know, I don't know, Neil Gaiman's American Gods and, and you know. Be your whole week's commute is taken care of right there. Yeah.
1: And I know a lot of us aren't commuting now, but one of the other great things they offer with audiobooks, some libraries will offer a package where you can get the children's book and the audio version of it together. And it's actually meant to be paired so that your child can be reading the book and listening to the picture book at the same time to help uh, increase their reading awareness. So that's really terrific. Um, Also
0: animated picture books as well.
1: Right, there's a there's a service we have here called Hoopla, and I I'm That's, sure different H
0: uh, O O L P A each I felt spelling already today. Yeah,
1: so uh, Hoopla we have, and they'll take a picture book and they actually animate it. So
0: I, I, I've done these a number of times. I, I did them with um, books that I couldn't get on the torchlight curriculum, right? That we couldn't check out because there were so many holds on those books. I was able to dial them up on Hoopla and actually check out the digital version of it, and then it's animated and it. Some of them were really nice. Yeah, Some think... were, you know, a little mixed. Like they, It was just like the words were appearing. I think
1: one of the Mo Willems ones was yeah, really good. Some
0: of them were actually like, they, they were almost cartoon level animation. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, terrific. Uh, one of the other things about uh, the libraries, obviously you can get music, all kinds of music. We're doing classical music right now as part of our study in Blossom and Root early years. We can pull that all up from our library digitally, which is terrific. One of the awesome things... 95% I didn't know this this was interesting when I re- when I researched this I was surprised 95% of the United States libraries actually have remote tutoring
0: who does the tutoring are these teachers these um, so there librarians? are there
1: are online tutoring sites okay. and um, I think one of them is called brain fuse maybe there's a series of online sites that they basically have tutors available from certain hours and you have to pay a monthly subscription fee to use the tutoring services, but you get it for free as part of your library system. So if you if your child's doing some portion distance learning or whatever, or just struggling in a subject that you you struggle to teach, maybe they're you're trying to get through this math concept to them and what you know your approach to it is not meeting with their learning style, you're having some conflict, Look up your local library because you probably have tutoring services included and it's fully remote. So I thought that was just an amazing resource, especially yeah, for what homeschoolers. What a
0: resource to provide for people! Yeah, I especially I now, especially now when we're a lot of these kids are doing virtual school and they're they're struggling at it or they're having a difficult yeah. time. They don't get any face time with their teacher. What another great way to get a little bit of you know tutoring on top of what they're already doing.
1: I, I highly doubt that they've really publicized this even in in the public school classrooms that that there is this option available at our city library. I just don't know that they've even yeah. done that.
0: And that's it's it's one of the big issues with the libraries that they don't have a market a good marketing team like oh, telling yeah. you what they have. I mean, you know, I we are very involved in the library and some of these things we didn't even know they had. So yeah.
1: Like, I mean, we have a fairly good library website. In fact, they just revamped it yeah. and I still can't find some of this amazing stuff. Or it's it's just I think the problem is, is it's so jam-packed with goodness that it's like, what do they highlight? Right. (laughs) Right? Because it's all good. I think that that's a real struggle for them.
0: How about learning printables?
1: Yeah. So you can get, I mean, look at what you're learning, especially when you're talking about early learners learning their colors and their letters and uh, simple math and early history facts and all kinds of things. You can get Tons of free printables from your local library.
0: You get 70 free pages to print every day. I mean, that's right. You
1: could even print them at the library, which is great. But, uh, so usually library resources will be broken up into kind of your, um, your preschoolers or early young learners and then elementary. And then they'll have teen and that kind of encompasses middle and high school Mm. and they'll have different digital products for each. So, uh, our library has, um, has services for learning to read learning to count all kinds of online stories i mean look up your library system and see what programs they have for your children's age because i guarantee you they have subscriptions to different websites people talk about abc mouse or uh, you know these different uh, you know learning based websites some libraries have library subscriptions to that you don't have to pay for that So it's, you're just, you're a member of the library system and you get to use it with a digital, with the, you know, your username and password. So definitely look that up.
0: Well, and then there's also these training websites. A a popular one is lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com. A A lot of libraries will subscribe to these channels and these are full on courses. um, Very similar if you've done any Udemy classes or any of the greatcourses.com type of stuff, you know, full on tutorials. 20 hours long it's like a micro community college course all built right into there. super high quality and it's free
1: right it's free additionally foreign language rosetta stone is one of the most highly regarded foreign language uh software applications that you can get f- to to learn any kind of language it's free at our library yeah. So if you want to learn a foreign language, or, that'd or be the place to go. If your
0: learner is trying to learn a, another language as part of a requirement for, you know, your state standards,
1: yeah, like we have here in Washington.
0: Like, yeah, if you got to learn Spanish, great. Pull up Rosetta Stone. Let's do the Spanish lesson together. You can learn right along with your your learner and be part of it. I mean, it, it would be hard for me to sit down. You know, I've taken Spanish. I've taken German. You know, but for me to sit down and teach her Spanish, that yeah. it, would, it would be crazy. So, like, pulling up Rosetta Stone is a great way to fulfill that requirement.
1: Yeah. So, speaking a foreign language, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Duolingo, which is actually free. Yeah. So, and and another great way to to learn. It's not through your library. That's just a free.
0: And then also pictures. A lot of libraries are in, integrated within research. You know, a lot of these larger libraries may have research divisions as well. They may have a lot of um, reference materials, a lot of archives. Great for all
1: your research projects. They've
0: begun to digitize a lot of those. It's not on just microfilm anymore. It's actually in the digital library and you can get access to that.
1: Yeah, and I actually found that the New York Public Library has a database of uh, 200,000 free images, including manuscripts from the Founding Fathers, and you don't even have to have a library card with them. It's just available to the public. So there's a link in the show notes to that if you want to look through and see the a vast catalog of images the New York public library system has yeah, like art be there. And,
0: and, and manuscripts that's a great way to kind yeah. of add value if you're doing any type of curriculum that you want to do a little bit of a unit study or that your learner is like you know I'm really into you know this type of painter or this type of American painter let's let's well let's go check out the library and see what type of scans they have or other materials they might have.
1: Right. You know, as much as you can find online, sometimes if there's minor works by artists or same thing with the manuscripts and things by, uh, you know, old documents and stuff, it's going to be, it's going to be hit and miss what you're just going to find but out there also online. It's cool to
0: see things that were, you know, you can show them something digitally on the computer, you know, pull up the iPad, pull up your phone and show them, you know, pieces of works or, or manuscripts that are, Hundreds of years old, right? Yeah, right they
1: even had like city plans for New York and some really, oh, really interesting cool. stuff that I thought was was actually very cool. They had old lots of old architectural drawings and uh, and some different things that I cool. thought was pretty awesome.
0: And then also archived encyclopedias and magazines, biographies, and you know something you've been into uh, in the past, genealogy.
1: Yeah. So. A lot of library systems will have a subscription to Ancestry.com. Some of them you have to be at the library to use it. There are computers and others you can use digitally. But I find that that's a really great way to connect what we're studying. So when we do our around the world studies and we study Germany, we're going to talk about the fact that mommy's family's from Germany and going back and that, you know, when we get to Poland, we're going to talk about the fact that that's where dad's family came from. And we'll talk about those family tree lines. I think it's so important for our children to understand kind of where they came from and all the people that lived and what they did to to bring us to here. I love researching genealogy, but that stuff is expensive and they have the resources and it's for free at your library.
0: So digital resources. Great. Now, we can't do these this next category of things right now. Well, and,
1: and I wouldn't say that. I don't know which library systems in which states and th- and, and countries right, may be right. open. So, yeah. I, so I don't really so know.
0: So events. I know a lot of the libraries around here are doing a lot of Zoom classes and Zoom lectures. Mm-hmm. Um, but events at the library are a huge thing. Like they either have free or discounted events. Um Based on, you know, lectures or, you know, guest speakers and things of that nature. Yeah,
1: most of them are free. One thing I didn't know about, there are... uh... A series of libraries out there that have free or discounted tickets to museums zoos and other educational attractions I didn't know I think this is true in the um, suburbs of Chicago that they've got their library system actually has free passes to the museum so check out your library and see what they can offer you as far as local field trip enrichment because there's some stuff that you can you can find there
0: and very often they have summer reading programs as well where you know read these 12 books or you know, reading challenges or Mm -hmm. um, they may have themed reading events. I know um, sometimes at the libraries around here, they have like an indie month where they showcase a bunch of indie authors. Mm -hmm. That's near and dear to my heart. Um, (laughs) But, you know, they do try to showcase also local authors. I know a few of my author friends, you know, they've walked into the library and they didn't even know that their library had their book and there it is. Their their book is sitting on the shelf. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They have a lot of cool events that they try to incorporate on, you know, throughout the year.
1: Yeah, it's really terrific and even the summer reading programs have gone digital. So we were able to well or contactless pick up. We were able to pick up our summer reading packet from them and then we'll just be able to turn that in when it's finished mm-hmm. and she'll you know she'll get her free book as part of her summer there's other summer um you know there's other summer programs so that they don't they don't lose that summer was it summer slump stuff yeah, they call summer it slump, yeah. yeah so there's some other there's some other programs there that you'll find there's also throughout the year especially for this younger set there's a story time i think there's like toddler story time and then preschool story time we have preschool STEM classes and science labs at our local library system, uh, which we could participate in, mm-hmm. you know, in non-COVID times, which is pretty terrific. They also have other kinds of teen socialization type programs and things. So if you're looking for someplace great for your teen to go, this is also a really a safe place that, you know, that they'll be well looked after. Uh, and then there's a ton of classes. I was actually quite amazed at the vast number of classes you can take so for our our libraries we have there's crafting there's music there's genealogies we talked about there's actually classes in how to do genealogical research mm-hmm. there's classes in how to mix music and make music and, well, and, uh, and you know for my writing foreign language
0: yeah for my, my writer's group i've actually gone around to probably every library in the major area around here and i've given lectures at at these libraries about, Mm -hmm. you know, how to write or how to market yourself as an author or market yourself as a creative professional and those type of things. You know, I've gone from where we are now all the way out to the islands. I've gone south of Seattle. You know, there are an enormous amount of lectures that are at the library and these can be very intimate experiences. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, not my favorite ones, you know, driving two hours to go give a lecture to five people, but those are sometimes very intimate learning experiences mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of times are being held in, in the evening or on the weekend and you can go in there and get a great lecture and talk to somebody face to face for two, three hours yeah. about a certain subject. It's super I mean, it's just amazing experience.
1: It it sure is. And they've even have uh, classes for like foreign language where you can you can go and talk to a native speaker in a in a casual Conversational setting, That's so really they've cool. got some really great things, and and the fact that you've re, you've checked out the library meeting room so many times, I've done a couple of meetings at the library for some of my baby wearing groups and different things. Yeah, a lot of
0: times they have like these special little rooms that you yeah. can rent as well.
1: If you if you're a, a nonprofit or or you're some sort of a community group, you can reserve space at the library for free. So if you've got a little co op group that you're getting together. You can meet every week at the library. There's a bunch of folks who do game schooling at their local library. So the library doesn't have the games, but they bring board games and they have like board game co-ops. You know, every Friday we all meet up at the library meeting space. It's all free and it's all for for community use.
0: Yeah, like for a great example is my writer's co-op. So the writer's co-op at the Pacific Northwest, we we meet at the Snohomish City Library and we used to. Um, we used to pack in thirty people in that in that room. Yeah. It was amazing. They have a huge room, bunch of tables. They uh, let us hook up to the projector. Give talks. Typically, we would give a talk every week, uh, one hour, two hours long. Be thirty people in there. Um, yeah. I think the only thing they really just care about is that's not being charged. You don't have to charge people to come in there. They don't allow that. Right. Some libraries are a little bit different. Some some libraries will make you rent the space. So definitely be you know if you have a group that you want to. Maybe find a space to do something like the game schooling thing is a great idea. Or if you're trying to do like a homeschool meetup or a homeschool co-op where you guys are all getting together. Or if you're doing like a homeschool STEM type of thing and you need a space. And it's really hard to pack 20 people into like, you know, somebody's house. or whatnot. Right, totally. Check out the library. A lot of them have huge meeting rooms that are there for you to rent. It just requires you to put it out on the calendar a little ahead of time. Um, They make special accommodations for our group because we come every other week, you know, and they love getting – I I think the thing that they like the most is that people are in in the library, right? That when people walk in, they look to the left when they walk into the library and they go, wow, 30 people in there. And they put a nice little sign up for us and say, this is a writer's group. So when people walk by, they go, wow, there's like 30 writers in that room, right? It's a great experience. And if you – you show up all the time. I know the library does promotions for us. They let people know that, Hey, these are the groups that are coming. These are the groups that are here. So it's a great way to like promote a little local group. Great thing to do is, you know, hopefully when the COVID's over, if you need to get a co-op group or you need to, you know, set up something larger, you can absolutely use these spaces. That's really great.
1: Yeah, that's terrific. So last, we wanted to kind of end up end with our tips. So we've talked about a lot of fabulous resources, Go to your local library's website, look up what they have to offer. You you might be, I know you will be very Pleasant, surprised, we'll be pleasantly surprised by how many options there are that might apply to you and your family. So a couple tips we had. First and foremost, if you need to find something, the library system is vast. And because we now have gone from just having books to now having books and digital collections and you might there might be a book that's not on the shelf but it's in one of three or four digital collections please ask the librarians these folks have a master's in library science if anyone can find it it's them so you know don't beat yourself up about it and the librarians are only too happy to help you find resources so definitely don't be afraid to ask for help because it's not as easy as just looking it up in the catalog anymore Sometimes you have to actually go into the different services to look and see if they have that that book you mm-hmm. know offered. So the next thing I would say is if you live outside a major metropolitan area, so you're in the sub suburbs of a big city, check out and see if you actually have access to that city's library. Some cities you can pay a small fee to get access to the big city library. Some if you work in the city even if you don't live there, you can still get a library card.
0: Yeah, they're they're kind of weird with the city sometimes. Like I know we have the Snohomish Snohomish Snow Isle Library system that we're in, um but Everett City library is its own thing. And yeah, and they if you live within that city, you you obviously can use it. It's part of this of the setup, but like to use certain features or certain options, you have to live within the. Oh, that's right. Like the, the meeting area. rooms, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So definitely look if if you're just outside of a big city, you know, how do you get access to that yeah. wealth of information and all of their services? Maybe you don't even want to physically go to one of the city libraries. You just want to access their digital resources. There, are, there are sometimes. Um, oftentimes there are ways for outskirts residents to get access to that big library. So definitely go and ask about that.
0: And it's going to be your most well-funded. It's going to have the biggest set of resources. So it, do check that out. Yeah. Like yeah, the Seattle city library is like it would be a great thing to go look into see if we can get into those.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And the last thing we would say is if your book is not available, Definitely talk to your librarian about interlibrary loan so they could say get it from another library system. It does take time, so know that. You might have to wait a little bit for that book. The other thing you can do is you can ask your library to buy the book. I've requested for our library to buy a number of books. So what I usually do is go through the curriculum list. So, okay, I'll go through Torchlight and build your library and I'll look at what our library doesn't have. And I will actually ask our library to purchase those books. And I ask in advance because it, it takes a little bit of time.
0: Well, a lot of times they have an online system where it's like, hey, do. put this book as a request to purchase. And then they will let you know when they mm-hmm. purchased it.
1: Yeah. And, and my library has purchased many books that I have asked them to get. And they don't just get one. They usually get like a handful. So and then when, when they do buy it, I'm the first person that gets one. It's like it's automatically put on hold for me, which is just terrific. So even if your library doesn't have exactly what you're looking for, they don't be afraid to ask. They
0: have a budget to buy more books.
1: They, they sure do. They buy, they're buying materials all the time, typically. I mean, I remember our library in Arlington, man, they were putting in orders for books, you know, kind of like monthly because they kept getting in new movies and things very regularly. So definitely, if you don't find something that you're looking for, ask your library because you your librarian. You'll be surprised maybe what they can do to help you out.
0: So, you know, just our our final takeaways, use the library system, it's there for you, you're paying for it already. And you can see as all the things we've listed today, if you were to go out and do these things individually, you'd be spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars in subscription services just to get access to the same amount of material that your library is already providing to you free of cost. And it's right there, a lot of it's digitally accessible, so you can do it right from your home. Most of the books you can check out and pick them up. You don't have to go in there and look for books. It's such a wonderful resource, especially dovetailing very nicely with the homeschooling aspect and and building up these materials and resources to help aid you in your educational experience with your kids is, I think, paramount. And so it's your biggest resource. It's the most important thing you have in your backyard Way more important than buying books on Amazon and everything like that is that this library is there for you to use. It's there for you to to access and not exploit, but, you know, put it into your repertoire.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's there to be used, right? The yeah. more people that are checking out books, the more, it. It, the more people that are using it, the yeah. more money that they get to, to expand their services and, and offer more. So definitely go out, find out what your local library has to offer.
0: We always like to end the podcast the same way and talk about what we're into this week. And today, it's going to be kind of a weird one. Not not a normal thing we normally yeah, talk I about. Yeah, I think
1: I heard about this. I'm going to say it was on the Torchlight curriculum Facebook group, but yeah. it might have been on Build Your Library. I don't remember.
0: But Assassin's Creed is a video game that was released, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, kind of I think the first one was person. like
1: medieval, right? Yeah,
0: well, the first one's kind of medieval. It has a cool story. They made a movie out of it. Um, Wasn't that good, I heard. Um, but they they have this game called Assassin's Creed Origins and these are And then
1: they have Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So Odyssey, yes. Those are right, those are two games. So Origin is in Egypt, ancient Egypt, and Odyssey is in ancient Greece. Ancient
0: Greece. And so they did so much work in developing the world that the character is going through, all the storylines and the authenticity and you know, the, the non programmable players that, that are out there. Um, and what they say and do and they they did so much deep work that they actually created these things called discovery tours
1: yeah there's like discovery mode in both of these games so i i didn't know anything about this and basically it's if you bought the whole game which i think is maybe i don't know 50 or 60 60 dollars something like that then this is one part of the game but ubisoft the the um, game manufacturer actually made this something that you can purchase yourself it's eight dollars for each of them or 14 for a combo i think
0: yeah so typically you can buy it for you know the console that you're using whether it's like a playstation 4 or you know xbox or something of that nature i think you can also buy it on steam so if you run it off of if you run the game off of say your your pc in your in your house you can do this
1: and i think the pc is where you can buy the separate discovery tour i wouldn't be
0: surprised if you could do it in the other games as well in the in the platforms as well but the most important thing is you don't have to go out there and buy the games. Most of the discovery tour is actually available on YouTube, and right. we've linked yeah. a playlist in the show notes of this episode where you can click on it and actually throw it up on your TV. You know, cast it to your television. You know, we were throwing these these clips up onto our you know enormous TV and our. Daughter was watching as the character moved through. You know, she's really into Egypt right now, mm-hmm. so he was running around the Great Pyramid, going to these various points. And the person who, you know, somebody recorded it on their their computer and then uploaded it to YouTube. And so every waypoint that the person was stopping at, this you know narrator came on and began telling her about you know the Great Pyramid and how long it took to make it right. and all the the details behind it. And it was this long 20-minute educational tour of the Great Pyramid from within a a video game. And then somebody put that on YouTube. So it's kind of a complicated thing that we're talking about. But basically, it's educational videos that have been captured from a video game.
1: Well, right. And so assassin's creed right it's it's a you know there's pretty violent and all that stuff and 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 so this has this has none of that this is just in the world there's no blood there there's no violence this is just a, a character and you kind of go up and you'll talk to somebody and they'll say do you want to learn about the history of alexandria whatever and then as matt said you'll go through and you'll learn all about it so we brought up the YouTube videos because our daughter is a little bit young to actually manipulate a video game herself. But if you're actually in the video game, it's fun because they get to click and run around as the character. And they can go up to these incredibly detailed uh, three-dimensional models of the Sphinx or the Pyramids or well, the one we a, a watching, Greek city. Yeah, the
0: Greek city, like they were running through beautiful... Greek with the olive trees blowing in the winds and people, you know, carrying buckets of water. And yeah, it's,
1: an, it's not the ruins. It's like what it would have looked, looked like, like then, yeah. which was so amazing. Well, and
0: we watched a few videos about the making of, and they talked about the level of authenticity that they they went after in these, you know, in the game. And they, they brought in language experts so that the characters who are talking off, off scene are actually speaking the version of Greek from that time period. Right. And... Right. These characters, you know, what they're wearing is authentic and what what these ruins that, you know, we go and visit the Acropolis or whatever and they rebuilt it the way it looked back then with, you know, the beautiful yeah. hanging gardens and all these type of things. So it's an unbelievable, not just like experience, but like history immersion it's almost uh, yeah it's hard it's to even explain
1: beautiful we put it up on the huge screen we learned about our daughter the, and the i sound
0: sat, the wind the, the leaves rustling. oh yeah it's such a
1: highly produced the video footsteps game
0: steps as they're running across it's, it's not
1: even crazy it's crazy we We watched one um, a couple days ago about the Sphinx, and that the Sphinx was originally painted, which I I didn't know this. And they talked about the history of it and what you know every every point that you ran around it. So I think for a child that is old enough to be able to manipulate a video game, I would buy it it is every bit worth eight bucks. It
0: looks like it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And the other thing that you can't get, so on YouTube, you go to these waypoints and the narrator talks over and tells you, you know, something about what you're looking at. That's this historical information, but there's also a way to click on more information and see pictures of historical artifacts and more details about them, which obviously we don't get with the YouTube. So what I plan to do is, uh, is, First grade torchlight one and build your library one. If we combo them or whichever we end up doing, they're going to study ancient civilizations. And I think that that's the perfect time. Our daughter will be six, and she'll be able to manipulate a video game better. And I will absolutely buy this for her. It was the graphics on this are unbelievable. We we sat there ourselves, right, and just were like, yeah, we got
0: sucked in. It was amazing.
1: It was amazing. Uh, earlier today, we took a trip down the Nile River and learned yeah. all about how...
0: Crocodiles swimming in yeah. the water. It's amazing. And
1: it's this gorgeously rendered boat and how the how the Egyptians used the Nile and how mm-hmm. their their different cities were built along it and why. And just all about the kind of ecology of the area. So absolutely terrific. Totally immersive. Uh, nothing at all whatsoever questionable content that we have seen at it all it's just it's, it's literally historical educational based, just yeah. education uh without any any of the other violent parts of the game or, or any yeah, of so that
0: so rated you know it would probably be rated g or pg or something
1: i, yeah. I mean yeah, there's there's nothing That's in it you're literally walking, you're walking educational from point to point <laughs> looking at these Gorgeously yeah. rendered scenes, and they're giving you terrific historical Some information. Some of them are
0: beautiful, like cinematic level stuff. Like, the oh Great Pyramid, when we were looking at it, was like the sun was setting, and so it was nice, these beautiful sunset; It was gorgeous to look at.
1: I, yeah, we, we were just blown away that a video game yeah. could have so much educational potential. Well,
0: and that, that a video game manufacturer would go to that level just to create this unbelievable educational tool when you know embedded within a video game that they had built
1: yeah yeah or i mean it's not like a a minecraft or something where its intention is to be educational and for them to put so much work into the language and they they talked about uh having so many meetings about exactly how that they were going to show the sphinx because they were like well what time period do we want to show it at and you know it changed over the years and so they they brought in experts and so i i think that not only is it a great and engaging tool but I would say probably a very accurate one. They put a lot of effort into being historically accurate. It's something that our daughter immediately took to. So we'll include links in the show notes to where you can buy it if your kid's old enough to be able to manipulate that well, and, and that full list of YouTube pl- uh, playlist videos so you can even see what it looks like because it's absolutely gorgeous, and we think that it is a great educational resource. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time.
0: Happy homeschooling. You know my first radio experience? Never tell you
1: yeah
0: college i was watching what's that uh, fallout boy i think that's who they were
1: I mean, yeah that's a band i
0: don't know when they were really young i don't know something like that it was at the concert and all of a sudden i realized i'm 20 minutes late to my first radio gig i'm in the middle of this thing i am sprinting across campus i am sweating i run into there and now mind you i'm a freshman they don't give radio spots to freshmen i'd come to find out The reason why they gave it to me is because nobody likes to do the radio at 10 o'clock at night on Saturday. I thought it was a prime time spot. No, everybody's out partying and having fun at concerts. (laughs) So I come huffing in, sweating. The dude's sitting there going, "Hey man, don't worry about it. I got your message. I threw on the techno. So the techno's been playing for 20 minutes. (laughs) I come rocking in. What am I gonna? What's my show? Midnight Metal, right? (laughs) So I come in. I'm like sweating. I got all my CDs. I drop on my Gregorian chant, roll it into Slayer, and get into it. Right, And I'm thinking, oh, I finally get into it. Listen to all my stuff. Listen to the songs. Doing all the stuff. I'm getting close to the end. The midnight show is waiting, and I'm, you know, maybe ten minutes from the end. And I play one song. And I I don't never forget. I don't remember what what song it was, but drops the biggest f bomb in the middle of the thing. <laughs> I was, I had to pre-screen all my music, and. I thought I did. And I played this one song. I thought this was a good song, right? Clean. Biggest F-bomb. I couldn't get to the dump button in time. And I turned back to the guys. And these guys are metalheads, but they kind of did some like alternative show. And they're like, I'm like, was that what I thought it was? They're like, I don't know. It could kind of go both ways. I go, I know what that word was, (laughs) but did it sound like the word? And they're like, ah, sort of. And I'm sitting there sweating because the first thing they told me is, if you did anything against the FCC thing, and it came down, it's on you, not on the school. And so I'm sitting there sweating. $10,000 fine's coming. $10,000 oh, fine's God. coming. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Never happened. <laughs> and then my second week. Can you imagine
1: calling your parents and telling me you had this $10,000 fine yeah, because you played that? I, I was trying to get
0: extracurricular activities, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then my second week, I thought, yeah, you know, I got there early that time. You know, I, didn't, I wasn't, you know, doing the thing there and uh i thought i was being really really cool i was like hey uh, let's do you know who's your favorite guitarist man yeah and i'm like giving out the phone number and nobody's calling in so i'm like faking the numbers I'm like yeah hey man we've already gotten like 25 30 calls tonight and it looks like you know tony iommi's winning it and, you know this and that and i keep giving out the number and then all of a sudden the phone rings i'm like yes <laughs> somebody's calling in i pick it up it's this old lady and she goes Young young man, you're giving out the wrong phone number on the air And I look over and it was It was the wrong phone number I bet you it was her phone number <laughs> And then part of me goes This old lady's listening to metal show in the middle of the night And I'm like, right on yeah." And I, I ask her right at the end I go, who's your favorite guitar? She goes, have a good night, sir <laughs> So I get no votes There you go nicely done that's my first radio experience 18 year old matt
1: oh my gosh so this so you're not like a complete novice because you already had experience yes <laughs> i just want you to know you hurried me up as i was trying to figure out how many people played in Quirkle. and you spent like five minutes on your metal story
0: fill, in, fill in the, fill in the gap. i'm just saying the people want to know where we come from <laughs> i'm putting this in the show yeah <laughs>